What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Tag Team in Quarantine, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo, even through coronavirus. My name is Riley Holbert, and I'm joined by my good friend, JW Crewall. JW, how are you doing today? Doing great, Riley. It's been a good Thursday. What can I say? Had some small group tonight with my church. Got to catch up with them. Got to do some uh, content creation during the day. Did a little bit of work on a special project that I have coming up. And yeah, I just got to hang out with my wife. So it was a really good day. Yeah, I think that sounds pretty satisfying. <laughs> How about you, Riley? What did you get up to today? Uh, you know, I've been working really long shifts for the last two weeks. Yep. So I continued that. My last day of that yep. is tomorrow. So I'm uh, excited to get back to a normal cadence. Anything that you're going to do with your few days off? Because like you said, you've been working pretty hard. And in the group chat, it's been sounded pretty stressful. Uh, it definitely has been stressful, but rewarding all the same. Yeah, uh, I think uh, it was satisfying. You know, I, I don't think I would trade the experience that I've had, even though there were times that, you know, you want to rip your hair out. You want to just roll over and never wake up again. <laughs> but uh, I think at the end of the day, it was good. Um, and I, on the whole, I, I don't think it was poorly ran or anything like that. So sure. Um, I am excited, though, to get like some rest in. So this weekend and I get a recovery day next week. Uh, to kind of recoup and get back to a normal lifestyle after, you know, hundreds of hours being logged in just a two-week time span. Absolutely. That'll be really nice. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> what are you going to do with your time off? Or just like... What are you going to play to do, man? You're going to play some poke? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> it's tough to say. Yeah. I was hoping I could go for some walks and stuff, but it looks like the weather's actually going on a downturn this weekend. So Okay. Uh, yeah, it was so nice last weekend. I've been getting really into Pokemon Go. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I'm kind of like a typical boomer, you know, maybe five years behind the... Well, no, when it came out four years ago. I'm like three years behind the curve. But it's been really fun. This week has been the Kanto week. And they're taking like one week over the next, I don't know what, two months or something, and they're dedicating it to every generation. region. Yeah. Yeah, every generation. So Kanto and then to tomorrow, I think, slash tonight, the Johto region will Very begin. Nice. Very so nice. I'm super stoked. I just caught a shiny Pinaco. Which is all gold. It looks very cool. That was like yeah. one of my one of my first shinies since coming back. I also caught like a shiny Yanma, which is also very nice. It's got the blue outline instead of the red. Um, so I don't know. I'm just, in, I don't know. I'm enjoying the completionist aspect of it. I've been having a really good time defending my gym, which is this church. That's a six minute walk. Yes, I have timed it. <laughs> and yeah, it's just been a, it's just been kind of, you know, that little, they say, you know, go take walks right and go take like a 10 minute walk in the middle of the day just to like get up and get out of your chair and like i've yeah, been just sure. enjoying playing some pokemon go while uh doing that and then just kind of you know chilling at home and like all right i'll, I'll throw in an ins incense up and <laughs> go catch some pokemon i bet the uh the weeks for generations are gonna be good for like catching you back up for all the time you missed as well yes yes <laughs> it really will because right now i have enough candy to evolve all the starters up fully and i've gotten like some very reasonable starters that would be um powerful enough to use and then i have a good friend who has been telling me how to use like the lucky eggs yeah. at the optimal times uh -huh. and so since he's been here i think i've gone up like a level and a half which wow. has been pretty impressive what level are you and then now? he well i'm at 30 okay yeah that's the big milestone yeah yeah i just hit that today awesome dude yeah <laughs> It feels pretty good, man. I feel pretty accomplished. The big 3-0. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon Go is honestly so fun. I like. I fall yeah. out of it in the winters usually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I love just, like, going doing a community day in the summer. Like, Yeah, I, I totally understand the appeal now because I just yeah. did my first community day that I can remember. I'm sure I did a community day in the, in the past, but I wasn't really into the game. So I was really just doing it more to, you know, placate my friends. Yeah. But I did the Aber community day that was about a week or two ago. 
and that was just super fun you know it, you just get really excited when you catch the shiny one yeah. or the one that's that's the three star or something you know it's just super cool and yeah uh, i had a great time that's awesome man that's awesome well yeah. speaking of pokemon though i think uh we finally hit that milestone of pokemon when a new set is coming out i feel like people have yeah. got tired of sword and shield kind of quick that's fair enough um but before we get into Rebel Clash stuff, how about just a quick overview of how uh, Limitless Qualifier 2 went? Yes, Limitless Qualifier 2, I felt was... I, I, I'll say I'll say it was a success, even though I didn't make Day 2, because I felt like I picked a good deck, and for the most part, played as well as I could, given the hands that I got. And I don't want to put it all on, like, okay, you know, I, I had bad hands. But, like, there were just some games. I remember there was one game where I, you know, my only draw supporter was a research, and I drew into four of my, uh, you know, en- attacking energy, right? I drew into, like, three rainbows and a mm-hmm. um, Aurora, and I was playing ADP Spirit Tomb. So, like, basically half my outs to attacking, I just had to discard on, like, the second turn of the game. And it just, you know, it's just things like that, where it's like, well, you don't lose off of that, but your chances of winning go down significantly. Uh, I had that pretty much throughout the day. Uh, Went, let's see, against Arillaboom, Sinchino, Mally Mewtwo, Welder Mewtwo, uh, another Mally Mewtwo in round five, and a Firebox. That constituted my first six rounds, and I'm sitting at three and three. And thinking to myself, you know, when when are we going to drop? You know, it's kind of getting about that time. But rip off a couple games against a uh, Charizard and Braxton deck and a Picaram. So then I'm five and three and I'm thinking, OK, you know, uh, I went I had at one point in the first qualifier, a nine and oh streak. So you never know. You can always just finish it out. But then ended up taking a hard loss to a Pika, beat an ADP. And then in the 11th round, I lost to a Sinchino Mill. Which oh, was no. really funny because I think he didn't tell me this, but I think his list was just like he didn't have all the cards on his account and he just threw together whatever he could. And the closest deck that he could get to a meta deck was a mill deck. And he just he just won the game because he was like, I don't know, it, it was just bizarre because he did better than any other mill deck at just playing Belelba every single turn. Because he played, I think, four Palpad and, like, four Tag Call and four Belelba. So he just, like, belelba every single... It was just very funny, you know, because his deck was maybe unoptimized in certain ways, but just, like, did the exact right thing against my deck, you know? <laughs> it was just super funny. Uh, a friend of mine from Michigan State, and, yeah, it was it was really interesting. Like, he played seven Fire Energy in his mill deck, and he played a Welder. And it was basically... Um, it was basically Orangaroo Sinchino with, you know, any kind of mill type card he could fit in. So it was pretty funny, but ended up going six and five. Felt like I made a good deck choice again. Um, the Spiritomb ADP deck was the top two seeds in two of the other pools. So, you know, I take that as a success. You know, there are times where, you know, you don't do particularly well in the tournament, but you can still learn lessons from it. And you can still take things away from it. And the thing I took away from it was just that, you know, I made a good medical, but it just didn't pan out. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you can play the best deck in the room and not get success. It just happens. Exactly. I mean, that's you see it when, you know, you have testing groups that they take a list to a regional or a, an IC or something like that. And, you know, one person wins the tournament and the other person goes, oh, three drop. You know, it just <laughs> it depends on the matchups and it depends on. Um, you know what your opponents are doing so absolutely yeah well i'm glad that you could like compartmentalize that and take it yeah. into a, like a positive space right yeah like, yeah sometimes i feel like it's easy to get hung up on like not making the day two or what have you but um, i think the growth mindset is to say you know i did this thing these things right maybe i could have done these things better but um mm-hmm. you know acknowledging that it's not all up to luck either is yeah exactly and i've just been having a really fun time with the stream too i've been finding that there's a lot of people that are pretty interested in the limitless tournament and credits to limitless for putting on such an awesome event but it's just been fun to you know hang out with viewers and have that kind of uh participation in between rounds and and even during rounds to an extent but that has been really rewarding for me as well yeah for sure i i've noticed that too like the the streaming community really is fostering during these these events so mm-hmm. it's pretty exciting to see if there's still uh 
I guess, vigor and excitement around Pokemon in a time when it's the hardest it's ever been to play in the traditional sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You see it from the top streamers on down that the numbers are just up across the board. And that might be something that we can talk about too in a future episode, but it's just been really cool to see just even streamers at the, you know, that were at the bottom of the the charts, you know, they're getting viewers and that's really, really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So any comments about like the organizational aspect of it or how that was handled compared to the first like two attempts? Sure. This, this tournament went pretty well. They really didn't have a hiccup. I would give it a 10 out of 10 in terms of how it was run. I don't think that it necessarily could have been run much better. They still divided it up into the four pods, which made it so that certain pods could, you know, start a little bit earlier if all their matches finished and then just kind of give that little bit of um, wiggle room towards the end of the day. And so that's, again, really good. Um, And yeah, I thought it was a really well-run tournament. Awesome. I was very pleased. Well, I'm glad to hear that, man. So Limitless Qualifier 2, a success. I think they can write that off as being a, a major success, both for Limitless and the tag team. So Absolutely. I think now is what everyone's been waiting for for months, and that's for us to start talking about Rebel Clash. It's come out on TCGO. People are ready to start experimenting and certainly have been over the last week. JW, I know you have also been trying out some new things, and you can yeah. check some of that out on your YouTube as well as yeah. your stream. What are some of the things that are immediately sticking out to you as being top-tier contenders from the Rebel Clash set? Absolutely. I think there are three decks that come to mind as being the cream of the crop from Rebel Clash. And that's not to say that by any means that the set has been figured out. But the three that come to mind as being just A-tier, you know, worthwhile investments of your time are Dragapult, which is a no-brainer. I think that is just the biggest card yeah. from the set. Uh, and then Inteleon VMAX, I've just been enjoying the heck out of that. And I'd love to explore a few new flavors of Inteleon. There could be a greens version that I have seen a little bit on the ladder and have also heard a little bit about that plays Miss Magius. Could be something cool, but I'm currently running it with Frostmoth, and I think it's a very fine deck that handles both Dragapult and ADP, thereby giving it, you know, Im- like immediate yeah. clout. You have a reasonable footing in the metagame just from that it, it, alone. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you take you take a near auto loss to any sort of lightning deck that or any deck that even like sniffs a lightning attacker, <laughs> right. you know? You just like you can't beat it. There's and lightning energy in that deck, it's probably uh, no. <laughs> it's probably an L. Yeah. And I don't think that even, you know, weakness guard like is going to be your, your secret spice to beating. I think sure. you just take the hard L to that kind of stuff, but that's fine. Again, you have a really solid ADP and drag pulp matchup. And like, if that is the proposed meta, then I would be a hundred percent comfortable taking an Inteleon deck. And that's then awesome. the third deck, which I think is a little bit of a dark horse, but that I have been so surprised with and so pleased with that. I want to just put, way more testing into it because I think the lists that I've been seeing are very, as well as my list, but are they're just very underdefined. Uh, and that is the Bolton V Zero Aura deck. So completely bypassing Pikaram wow. or maybe as like a one-of attacker, but the focus has shifted from Pikaram on the Bolton, and the idea would be to attack three times, you know, with your Bolton, or attack with three Boltons. Right. Um, and, and, you know, take your prizes that way. So I've really been enjoying that deck. I think the benefit of that deck is that it can it can stand toe-to-toe with anything. It has a little bit of a rough ADP matchup just because of the prize trade. Like, if they can get the turn one altered creation, it's really hard to catch up, right? Because they just have to knock out two of your attackers while you still have to attack three times, and it's not guaranteed that you're getting knockouts every turn. Right. But if you can survive those first few turns, uh, really just if you can... If you can get a knockout, right, I mean, before they alter creation, right, then that's how you win that matchup. And then, um, or if you can stick them with a Marnie late or something, you know, there you can still kind of outpace them just because your energy acceleration is a little bit more consistent than Metal Saucers, although not by much, but just, you know, you're, you're able to get the energy in the discard and then accelerate it with the Zero Aura onto your bench. And then you're setting up for huge damages, knockouts with 
electro power. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's very solid. I think it's the deck that while we're moving towards V maxes, having such high HP and healing options such as Super Scoop Up and Mallow and Lana really shifting towards like a two hit metagame, I think Bolton has the opportunity to kind of spin that on its head and just you know, eradicate all these VMAX Pokemon. I think it has a pretty decent matchup and pretty decent chance to do that. Right. And I feel like that's something we consistently see throughout Pokemon, right? Is when metagames become this, like, slow two-shotting format, there's always that one deck that, you know, just obliterates those decks by just one-shotting them. Exactly. It'll have its own weaknesses, and it becomes sort of like a triangle kind of scenario, it feels like. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. So... I think the card that people have been most excited about for a while, and some people were skeptical about it pre-Rebel Clash coming out, but I, I don't think there's much to be said about it now, that for, at least for the haters, is Dragapult. Um, it was hard to... I think it was hard pre-Rebel Clash to like quantify what that 150 and 50 spread would like actually translate to, but clearly... 130. They, or 130, 130, sorry. Yeah, 130. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Has, would translate to, but clearly that's become a staple of the metagame and uh, spread it has consistently been like a good option, but never like something that you build a deck around. Right. And I think Dragapult kind of pulls it off well by mixing like a lot of tankiness with a lot of like additional damage modifiers to keep it going. Right. right. So talk about your experience with that deck. What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? What's going on with Dragapult? Yeah. And again, I'm, I mean, I think Dragapult is super awesome. It does have these choke points and the, and they're not very big choke points and there are ways to get around them. But uh, all I mean is like the weaknesses in Dragapult come when you can't get two energy attached. Right. Uh, or they come when they're just one shotting your dude, you know, yeah. those can be uh, very big stressors on you as a Dragapult player, but those are relatively, difficult things for many decks to do it's relatively difficult to one shot a 320 hp pokemon its weakness is dark which is very good right now there's there's no dark attackers in my mind that uh or dark decks that kind of would jump out as even like a like a counter pick you know what i mean like even the dark decks don't guarantee wins against Dragapult, which is right. crazy. If the Spiritomb is like the only dark attacker that comes to mind, but then it's yeah. obviously weak to it's spread, obviously weak <laughs> to the spread yeah. damage. So yeah. So it's just it's such a cool deck. It's such a good deck. And then the other thing is like getting the energy attached. And there are a couple decent ways that you can do that. Uh where you know you could play bead, you could play Malamar. You can also just you know manually attach. There's a lot of decks out there that are doing very well that is just manually attaching one per turn and uh, calling it a day. So I I think the deck is well, well poised to be a contender. I would just worry about, yeah, attaching and getting one shot, you know, attachments. There's always going to be things like Crushing Hammer. There's always going to th- be things like sure. Team Yalgrunt, even Enna Porter to an extent. Yeah, because you're playing the special energies. Right, exactly. But I think that the deck has enough to overcome it. Sure. So... Yeah. I guess, like, you know, this attack isn't anything insane, right? right. I mean, it's a, it's a good attack, but what do you think has really pushed the metagame to a state where that's, you know, an acceptable and strong attack to be working off of as your entire game plan? Sure. Um, there is a lot of setup in the form of Jirachi. Jirachi is a very easy prize. Um, the Dene also another easy prize. There's a lot of games where they just go, you know, three damage counters on the Dene and two damage counters on Jirachi. And like, that's three prizes next turn if they hit a boss's orders for the Dragapult deck, right? Because then yeah. they can do 130 to the active and then uh, the 50 to revenge Jirachi. It's just almost like uncounterable with the strategy, which is kind of cool, right? Like if you think about an Inteleon deck and... You know, Mew would be a card that would really hinder its second attack, right? right? Because you don't get the snipe on the bench. But you flip, kind of flip that with the Dragapult, where the damage counters are placed, and all of a sudden there's really no blockable way um, right. to not place those damage. I mean, you have things like Metal Goggles, you know? Sky Killer, sure. I guess. 
you know, sky pillar. Sure. I mean, those are things, right? There are some counters, but not really any um, easily teched counters that do much in other matchups. So it's, it's again, it's kind of uncounterable. It has a great weakness, a ton of health, and there's a lot of different ways to build it. So going more towards that, like the ways to build Dragapult that I've seen have varied from putting everything in it to putting no text into it. And I think there's a fine balance that we can achieve uh, somewhere in the middle. I have been really enjoying Scoop Up Net with Giratina. And I know a lot of people have been playing Zigzagoon, but the Giratina to me seems like the optimal play because you can scoop it up and it gives you that additional damage counter. So let's say, like, hypothetically, you were playing Zigzagoon, like, three times in a game. You know, you can double up that whole damage if you play the Giratina and are able to get into the discard, obviously. But since you're already playing Mysterious Treasure, you're already playing Quick Ball, I think the Giratina might give you a little bit more um, versatility in terms of piling damage counters on your opponent's bench and should be something that I think people should look towards instead of the Zigzagoon. Sure. Uh, Malamar in the deck. I haven't been loving personally, but I would understand why people play it. I mean, it makes sense, right? Again, you you really only need like a one Malamar up because you just need to get ahead usually one time per game. Um, and that's only assuming that your opponent is playing something hyper-aggressive that is going to be able to start two-shotting, you know, turn two or three, right. which, again, isn't always the case with current decks. Um, and so, you know, you could play with Malamar. I don't personally love it. I do think that the deck needs some way to kind of come back from getting too energy discarded or picked up to the hand or something like that. So the play that I've been liking is just playing a bead and just saying that's my out, but to not kind of not to clunk up the deck with too many, you know, Malamar lines. Um, sure. Because I, I often find like it's more of a liability in the mirror, which is a funny Absolutely, thing too. Yeah. So the mirror is really awkward because you're trying not to play all your support Pokemon down. Right. Because <laughs> if they can knock out a Dedenne and a Jirachi, then they only need to kill one Dragapult, you know, or, or anything like that. So um, it's just very, it, it's kind of, I don't know. It's changing the way that I think decks that you would, I don't know. It's just an interesting way to build that deck. I right. think there's Blacephalon that I've been enjoying in that deck the little Blacephalon, right? Because if they knock out your Dragapult, then they, and that's the first thing that they knock out, then they go down to three prizes and then you can bring up your Blacephalon and just like wipe their board a lot of the times. And sure. that cool thing that you can do, there's just a lot of different angles and a lot of different, I guess, not, not theology, just ways of thinking about it. You know, <laughs> if, if the church of dragon Balls is not, there's yeah. different theologies. <laughs> I guess theologies is possibly a, a way to describe that. Yeah. <laughs> dragon Ball so, is a devout following. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's very cool. I'm, I'm just very excited because it is a deck that has very clear, uh, very clear potential It's obviously very, very good. And so, you know, there's going to be somebody, that is going to come out with, you know, the definitive list that does, you know, the best at the next limitless qualifier. Yeah. And I'm just excited to see what that is, because I think that first person that does well with the deck is going to just define the deck for the rest of the metagame. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say that not for the rest of the metagame. It's going like, to set the tone, they're, though. They're going to set the precedent and everyone else is just going to copy them for a long time. Yeah, I feel like that's for sure true. For sure. Yep. That's how I feel like it always goes, right? Even sure. if it's not the perfectly optimal list, that kind of forms the opinion about how the list should be. Sure. And that's what it revolves exactly. around. So yeah. I'm definitely excited to see not only Dragapult, but what kind of lists come out of the Limitless Qualifier and how that'll shape the metagame moving forward. So you talked a little bit about how Dragapult, I don't know if you wanted to say this exactly, but it's kind of warping the way that you have to play your decks yeah. Um, because you, you're right, you know, you have all these liabilities that are only getting amplified by the fact that Dragapult can take advantage of multiple Pokemon at once. So right. do you think there's going to be a deck building response to that? 
do we have to start cutting down on these support Pokemon? Do we have to be just more cognizant of our play? Is Scoop Up Net just going to become a staple so you can remove some of these liabilities from your board? What do you think right. is the situation there? Well, it's super interesting because the metagame is so early, right? The metagame is so early. We haven't had a tournament yet. Um, and even like, you know, I've run a Discord tournament. Like, you know, there's not going to be like the widespread um, amount of decks that we would need to actually form that good opinion. So we're stuck with, you know, ladder play and just whatever content creators are liking at the time. And so, yes, the biggest answer to Dragapult that I've found with, you know, my Inteleon deck specifically that I think extends to many other decks is just to find some way of consistent healing. I think Mallow and Lana is very good, but the best healing that we have right now is super scoop up <laughs> and uh you know for for at least for attackers you know you're thinking of attackers as like tag teams or pokemon v or v maxes right right uh, so that is the best form of healing because it's the most efficient and you know you're going to need generally speaking to use your supporter to draw cards because you're trying to set up these big you know evolutions and that need you know certain energy requirements so super scoop up is the best card you know and then to i guess a lesser extent you have you know the uh the fishing net right to to pick up your basic non ex or non gx non v whatever uh your jirachis and the like right but the issue with that <laughs> is that you have mr mime with the ability you know block up or scoop a block yeah and so that prevents things like uh scoop up net and things like <laughs> super scoop up yeah. and so have we been seeing that be played in lists i mean i think a lot of people are considering it but again we just don't have a meta game so it's like super scoop up is is clearly very very good in a two-shot meta but it's completely negated by a card <laughs> like mr mine right yeah taking four cards out of your deck and then having one card get rid of them is a real feels bad yeah <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so there are a lot of different supporter outs for healing i think probably the best is going to be mallow and lana but you also have lana you also have gardenia if you're playing a deck that can fit it but even those like i i kind of am shying away from them because in a lot of these decks, particularly in the VMAX decks, you need to fish out an evolution. You need to fish out that energy because they have, you know, relatively higher attack costs. I mean, you say like, okay, well, it's not that bad with a with a card like Dragapult, but it's, I mean, it's still two energy on an evolution. Um, yeah, it's two attachments and, and an evolution. Like, Yeah, it's two attachments and an evolution, exactly. As opposed to a deck like Picaram, which has both Coco and a thunder mountain you know so j just kind of paralleling those it's just a little bit more to set up and so i'm finding that you need your um your supporter to go towards draw for the turn so you can't often afford to heal uh, that's just what makes super scoop up better in my mind right yeah uh, it's always interesting i feel like when super scoop up is a card in the meta game not only because of cards like scoop up block but just like there's so much going on with Super Scoop Up yeah. as a factor of the game. Yeah, there is. There is. And then Super Scoop Up is good because it allows you to be a little bit more liberal with your Dedenes, you know, because sure. if you, you play a Dedene early and you say, okay, you know what? I got four Super Scoop Ups and the only way I lose this game is like if this Dedene sticks on the on the field. Yeah. And then, you know, Absolutely. so you're using your Scoop Ups to get that thing out. And um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting there. Again, I think kind of the, the Dark Horse, I guess, that just was not really a card in the last format, except for maybe in certain ADP lists, but that should be a major player in this format is the Scoop Up. Again, we talk about the ridiculous health of the VMAXs, the relatively little amount of one-shotting. You know, we thought about Zacian as being this insane one-shot machine last format, that's definitely not the case now. That's yeah. definitely not the case now. And so uh, the two-shot meta is in full force. I think we'll see that uh, in the next Limitless Qualifier. And Super Scoop Up, again, should be that card that is either everyone plays it or the decks that do well are able to counter it with Mr. Mime. Yeah, very interesting. So I guess just 
you don't have to go too much into this, but do you think it'll be better to play a Mr. Mime and say, you know, screw the scoop ups, or would you rather lean onto the side of, you know, people won't play Mr. Mime and I'm going to consider super scoop up as an option? Um, I, I think the scoop ups are still good because, you know, if you, there's not really good um, Pokemon recovery. So the, the Mr. Sure. Mime yeah. has to, the Mr. Mime has to come down at the right time too. So like if it comes down too early, then that gives you an opportunity to gust it up and knock it out. And then very likely, I mean, in certain decks, obviously you play ordinary rod in certain decks, you play Brock's grit, I suppose, but like the majority of decks are not putting, you know, are not having ways to put Mr. Mime back into the deck. And so if they drop it at the wrong time, then you just gust it up and knock it out and, and play kind of goes on as normal. Obviously, it's a little wonky because you have to use your gusting effects to get the Mr. Mime and then you're attacking into a one prizer. But I think it's it's very reasonable. Um, I would say that Super Scoop Up is just so good that I would rather play it than be worried about Mr. Mime. But you yeah. just have to kind of know how to play uh, against an opponent that plays a Mr. Mime. For sure. And I, I definitely agree that if it's going to be the difference between you avoiding knockouts in the future, it's worthwhile to gust that mine because it, even though you waste a turn killing it in some cases, you save yourself potentially many turns in the long run. Well, and you may, right. And you may even, yeah. And that may even even out perfectly. And then some. Right. Yeah. Yeah. With the scoop ups. So it's just, it's an interesting thing that we haven't seen really play itself out yet. But, uh, should be very kind of very kind of defining i think of this format you know does your opponent play mr mime do you play scoop up you know in that kind of interaction so i think this transitions pretty well into the next thing i wanted to talk about you mentioned gusting the mr mime mm-hmm. and we cannot talk about rebel clash without talking about boss's orders lysander yep. is back and better than ever maybe I mean, we've been missing out on a gusting effect. It feels like we've we've had a gusting effect for years in the format yep. and then had this weird little gap where there was nothing besides these item cards and we're finally back to having a supporter. How does how's that feeling for you? I am not the biggest fan, but I, obviously it's a little bit more um more exciting to me than the healing options that we have. Right. Like if we're saying if I'm saying that, okay, scoop up is better than Mallow and Lana because you need to use your supporter for turn to draw. I mean, I still think that automatic gust is just very, very strong. However, I don't know that it belongs in every single deck and that I might this might be a controversial opinion, but it is definitely biased by the Inteleon that I've been playing where I just haven't been finding that um, I need the gust of of boss's orders that i couldn't just get from you know a catcher and i think in a lot of time in a lot of cases you only really need like the one gust per game to win especially and like this is looking specifically through the lens of boltund inteleon and dragapult boltund you're trying to one shot the active Right. You know, you do want to gust, right? There are times so you would play, you know, at least a few gusting effects. But like, for the, by and large, you're one-shotting the active. You know, you're not <laughs> trying to pick off things on the bench. Um, in Teleon, you have a snipe attack. That's uh, the best snipe attack that we've seen in a long time. And then with Dragapult, you also have a snipe attack. So like, you're putting a lot of pressure on the bench, and you could potentially bring those things up to very high uh you know very high amounts of damage and then knock them out and then we have kind of a pseudo gust with fion that's like an automatic but searchable and so i think that takes care of a lot of things right if you're trying to save as many damage counters as possible that's a big thing with snipe decks sure is trying to maximize the amount of damage that you're putting on your opponent's field Right, because if you have an opponent's active Pokemon that has ten damage, uh, ten health left, you're not going to want to swing into it with the you know main attacks like full damage. You want to try to bring it to the bench and try to snipe it, right, so that a new Pokemon can take most of the damage while that bench Pokemon can take the auxiliary snipe effect. Yep. And so uh, I think you really only need like the one gust. Um, per game that's not on a Fion. You know, you need one, like, automatic gust in a lot of cases, maybe two. But 
gotta say, <laughs> cards like Pokemon Catcher, I don't think they're gonna go away so quickly. Like, I don't think right. bosses bosses orders very good, very good card. Like, don't <laughs> don't twist my words and say <laughs> JW thinks bosses orders suck. No, yeah, that'll be the clickbait title for this one for sure. Absolutely, absolutely, clickbait title for sure. That's that's what we're going for here is clickbait. But um, I just don't think you need to you need to instead of saying oh yes bosses orders as an automatic inclusion, you need to just stop and think and say well what do I need? You know what what do I actually need? Like how many times am I actually gusting? And then like we were talking about these Vmax Pokemon, they they need a little bit more, I would say generally than the tag teams needed. And so you are generally going to have to use your supporter to draw. Right. So with that in mind, I think that custom catchers are probably, you know, are fine. And I also think that Pokemon catchers are fine. Yeah. And actually that was the point I was going to go back to when you first brought up the the problem with VMAX, not really problem, but a, a sub effect of VMAXs, right? Is that there's <laughs> stuff that you need to be doing a lot of the turns. Um, yeah. I think decks like ADP, you know, they're a little more passive, don't necessarily need to do a lot of drawing in the late game. But right. Right. decks like VMAXs, you know, they consistently need to be finding pieces over and over again to make right. their whole deck work. That's kind of just how it is when you play an evolution deck in the first place. And so the side effect of that is if you play a draw supporter, it doesn't matter how many bosses orders you draw into after that, you cannot gust that turn. <laughs> exactly. And so cards like Pokemon Catcher and Custom Catcher, especially if you don't need to gust very often, are right. are great, you know? Right, right. And that's that's the thing, too, is, like, a lot of the time, you're trying to get through, like, a VMAX or whatever they have active or their, their ADP, right? And then you're looking to potentially knock out one of their auxiliary attackers and then pick off something to end the game. So Boss's Orders, again, good card, but just you have to really think about what you want it to do and if pokemon catcher or custom catcher could do that same thing but a little bit better right yeah and i think that's that's something generally speaking is is hard to to get the right balance of right mm-hmm. it's uh and it's going to take just experimentation and getting a feel for the engines of these decks and i don't know if the metagame is truly in the playset where we can say objectively what those counts might look like but I think right. you're on the right track, right? Where it's going, it's not going to be just a blowout where boss's orders is just the only way that you gust anymore. Right. Um, just the way the metagame is working is different than it was when Lysander was a card. You, exactly. You can't really just sit in Lysander most turns like you could with uh, back in the day. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. Yeah, I think that was a really good point. So the only other thing I think specifically I wanted to hit on was the effect of Eldegoss. And I think Eldegoss... <laughs> is interesting because it, it almost feels like it piggybacks off the power of boss's orders to me. Right. Because uh, right. it's really only as good as the tech supporters, in my opinion. Right. right. Yes. Yes. Um, and there are, like, I lost to a deck the other day. We're talking about all this digging that you do with the VMAX decks. I lost to a deck the other day that Eldegost for the Baloba and Bryson Man and just... <laughs> Got rid of my last three cards. Oh, now that no. is another thing. That's another thing, though. While while I bring this up, Beloba and Bryson Man is very very cool right now because you can discard your own bench, mm. and so yeah, as like another heal. pseudo as another pseudo healing option, you do yeah. have Beloba and Bryson Man. I just want to bring that up, make that known to uh, our listeners that that is something that also can be considered. But um, yes, you're 100 correct on your assessment of Eldegoss is only as good as its tech supporters. So like if you're only playing a deck that's like, you know, you got your four research and your four Marnie, probably not looking to play an Eldegoss because should, you know, be able to, you know, with Jirachis or Dedenes or whatever, you should be able to have those supporters whenever you need them. But if you're playing Blast's Orders, if you're playing Beloba and Bryson Man, if you're playing Mallow and Lana, those are kind of the three right now that jump out to me as being the tech supporters that you would want to play Eldegoss to just immediately return. It's it's a cool card. I like it. I haven't really been finding uses in my uh, in my versions of the list, and that's not to say that it's bad. I just haven't conceptually uh, been able to find the best uses for it because, again, like in the VMAX decks, it's not really that good to have two prize Pokemon down on your bench. Yeah, because that's just a, a one more easy target, 
right? To they knock out a Jirachi, they knock out the Dene or Eldegoss, and then they knock out a V Max, you know. So it's just kind of shortening the game a little bit, right? Um, and then I just haven't found in certain other decks that you end up having the bench space at the end of the game. You know, it's just kind of awkward. Like in ADP, for instance, you know, you're going to have your two attackers, you're going to have your ADP, you're probably going to have Azation. If you're playing custom catchers, you're likely going to have an Oranguru, and then that last slot like is going to go towards your consistency Pokemon, like the Dene or something like that. Or if you needed to play, you know, Fion, or if you needed to play another um, Jirachi down for some reason, you know. So the the bench space is so valuable right now for many different reasons. That Eldegoss to me just hasn't been a card that's that's been an auto include again you have to really think about how the prize trade is going to go against the matchups that you're expected to face and whether or not Eldegoss fits into that plan i think there's some other factors too that um i don't think you necessarily neglected to mention but just that are worth thinking about yeah um and i think one of them is that the tech supporter lineup that we have honestly isn't one of the best we've ever seen sure like this isn't an era where we have you know, Acerola and Guzma and all this, you know, probably those sure. are maybe yep. the two biggest offenders for like, yep. those are insanely powerful cards that obviously yep. you'd want to recycle. It's like, yep. you know, Marnie's an okay card. Like these healing cards are okay, but it's not like completely it's not game breaking in the way that Acerola can way. be. Yep. Yeah. I think Acerola is probably one of the best examples of like a tech supporter that can completely flip the game in a second. Yep. Um, and, you know, I don't think we have that same level of, of raw power in a tech supporter right now that's worth recycling. Um, obviously, right. Boss's Orders is good, but you could just play another Boss's Orders instead of an Eldegoss. I think right. Eldegoss shines <laughs> the best when there's right. multiple options that you can pull from. Because uh, right. otherwise, you might as well just play a copy. <laughs> right, exactly. And that's the thing, too, is like... You know, getting back to the original point that I was talking about, Eldegoss, and just kind of expanding on that, like you're playing your four, um, <laughs> if you play your four research and your four Marnie, and then you play two uh, bosses orders and you play an Eldegoss, like it, it really, at that point, doesn't really matter. Like just play the third bosses orders and don't give yourself the possibility to start such a bad, you know, starter or to <laughs> right. have to play it down in the late game. Like just play that third cop. Right. Yeah, I think Eldegoss will probably eventually find its niche. Um, even if it's not an all-star right now, not to say it's not good right now. It's obviously a good card. Like that's a good effect, you know, no matter yeah, how you swing it. it. It'll, it'll see play eventually. I don't know. I like, I can't with certainty say that it'll see play uh, now, but I mean, it, it should, it's, it's just good. It's yeah. just good. And I think, you know, there is merit as well to playing it over a copy of things because it is, you know, a searchable quick ball option right. to these supporters. I think the decks that probably take advantage of that the best are going to be like these welder decks that are going to, you know, play welder as often as they can, right? Sure. Um, sure. And so that's that's a, that's a great solution. example where like you want a fifth copy of something, but mm-hmm. if you really need a fifth copy of like a you know professor's research, I'm just wondering like where your game plan led you <laughs> for that to happen. <laughs> exactly you you bring up a good point there with the welder decks like of course welder has always wanted more welders that's why we were seeing you know pal pads get put into decks right um, like that but yes you're you're 100 right like if your deck is not based around welder or doesn't have a ton of tech supporters then eldegoss just doesn't make a ton of sense yeah yeah i agree completely so uh, that's kind of just our general advice to you i think that applies uh to more cards than eldegoss it's more of like a widespread thing right like you have to I think you have to think of the marginal value of every card in your deck in addition right. to just like the upfront value. Right. Um, and so Eldegoss is a card that has a lot of upfront value. Like grab a VS Seeker is just a good card. It always has been. But the marginal value of including Eldegoss and putting it on your bench and doing all this stuff mm-hmm. is not necessarily worth the cost that it, you know, inherently has. So. Right. And it, I mean, I'd say the same exact thing about Mewtwo because that is seeing some play. You know, Mewtwo is a little bit worse than Eldegoss, but a little bit better in that it only gives up one prize. But you're putting it back on the top of your deck and then, you know, you could draw through it with like Acrobike. You could draw that card with a Ranguru or something like that. And like same idea applies. I think a lot of people play Mewtwo in lists where they have the scoop of net because it's just fun. You know, it's a fun thing. Scoop it is, that fun. is just that, super that fun. That is definitely so fun. <laughs> so let's just play scoop up net with every single possibility. And 
again, just, just think about what you actually want. Again, if your deck is centered around the three pillar supporters of Research Marnie and Boss's Orders, then I would shy away from Mewtwo or Eldegoss just because you could just play a third copy or a fourth copy of Boss's Orders. I, a fourth copy of Boss's Orders like makes a lot of sense too. In my opinion, right. you know, over like if you're playing three bosses or I don't know that any deck is doing this, but like if you're playing three bosses orders and a Mewtwo or something like that, just play the fourth bosses orders. You know, I mean, <laughs> no real reason not to. For in my sure. Opinion. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you for the most part there. So I think those are the main points I wanted to hit on with Rebel Clash is like some of the higher level like deck building things like what is actually fundamentally changing about the game. And I think we did a good job talking about some of that stuff what else is sticking out to you about this set is there anything that we didn't cover that you really want to speak your mind about well i think it's really fun because it's fresh i hope that it will remain fun and i have i have a you know reasonable hope that it will but you are seeing that the influence of the game developers is very apparent in that they want a two-hit ko meta and they only want, and they also want like a rock, paper, scissors meta where, like we were saying earlier, you know, Inteleon just loses to lightning and like lightning decks lose to phalanx. And, you know, and then the, the whole circle of, of weakness just kind of continues. Yeah. Um, we're seeing that just in full force. That's kind of what the game designers intended when they got rid of fairy typing and, I just, I hope that we don't ever come to regret it. I, the thing that I'm really missing is like the mimic cues of the world, the kind of revenge attackers that can be slotted in to any deck to try to get those sure. one shots um, on like a revenge. And so maybe that'll come back in the future. I'm, I'm not too hopeful, but um you know, that's kind of the one thing that I'm missing from this format is just that that auxiliary like backup like sure. tech for certain matchups. I don't know that there's a ton of teching individual Pokemon for matchups. You're more kind of constructing the deck to handle certain matchups. Yeah. If that if that makes sense. Like it you're does. not it you're does. not adding that one, you know, ace yeah. in the whole Pokemon that like, okay, if this exact, you know, plan happens, then I can just win this matchup. Right. It's more kind of, you know, okay, oh, I, I know that they're playing a Mr. Mime in their deck and I know that I need to heal a few times, so I'm going to add more copies of, you know, Mallow and Lana. Like, that's my example. Yeah. Where your whole deck has to be kind of constructed around what they're doing. I guess, like, do you think it. that is inherently worse? I mean, I think almost that it forces you to be more, uh, I guess, active in your decision-making, whereas one-card texts are, you know, a less costly choice so it's not as like harmful if even if it's not as useful of a decision i mean it's something again that i'll have to i just have to give the format it's due and yeah, see, see it's just up. kind of the initial thought okay we're losing all these kind of very or there's no real um yeah surprise you know uh attacker like that in this format that can one shot v maxes and so it's just kind of making me reconsider like how to play the game and so i i guess that in that and of itself is good and i'm just lamenting the fact that we're that we're missing something like that but maybe like you said it's not going to be a problem in the end yeah i i don't necessarily think it's a problem or not i just think there's a positive element that could be applied to it whether sure. or not that pans out in like a positive metagame way sure. it's more about like i think there is a lot of value in forcing you to be active in your decision making whereas <laughs> I think a, a really good example of this is uh, playing Giratina in decks back when Greninja Break was a thing. Like, sure. It was basically a mindless inclusion. You'd cut one silly card, include a Giratina in your matchup. Now, granted, Greninja could still beat a lot of decks that played it, but like yeah. your yeah. matchup was massively improved for almost no cost. There wasn't sure. any like actual deck-building decision-making that's going on sure. there. It's just like, do I sure. plan to see a Greninja? All right. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And so right. like... I'm I'm glad that Pokemon has surged away from that kind of yeah. countering, which I think it actually was doing for quite a long time. So well, yeah, and I mean, you look at cards like Wobbuffet yeah. as you're as you're bringing that to mind. You know, that blocks all the prisms. You know, and that's just like a very good counter to anything that runs Victini or Coco specifically. I I would say, and so um, yeah, we don't just we just really don't have that. 
Yeah. Right. So yeah. we'll see if that's if that's good or bad or doesn't matter or or what. But uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. For sure. So. I think now's a good time to start opening up to the chat. I'd be really interested to hear what you all are experimenting with, what kind of things you're liking, and what you want to hear from us. So feel free to leave your comments in the chat. We will get to try to get to like three to five of those sure. before we wrap up for today. And so, JW, my only other question to you is what is your favorite rogue strategy that's come out of Rebel Clash? My favorite rogue strategy? Um, I would give like an honorable mention to the Caparaja like tanky deck because that has been super fun to if if the deck you're playing is slow enough then it's just super fun to tank like 60 damage every single (laughs) turn and to play all the healing it's just not gonna work because (laughs) too many decks do too much damage or just like you know spread or or whatever it is they they one shot or spread or anything like that and they just mess with your strategy but if you're playing against a slow enough deck that's been super fun the other thing that i've been really liking the best meme deck is just an update on an old meme deck but that is the baby trio deck (laughs) running scoop up nets to scoop up your your shamans and expanded is unreal it's i saw your video on that today yeah did you like it it was super and that was that was like one game (laughs) but we had like three games i think just like that one yeah, and that it was, was funny. Yeah, that was the best one. Yeah, it that was, was actually like a concept that we were trying to formulate. Not necessarily you and me, but like I was talking to some other Ohio players about an idea yeah. like this before Scoop yeah. Up Net was even announced. <laughs> <laughs> Just like trying to plow through the deck and get like turn two baby attack. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's funny to like see that realized. Right, exactly. It's it's super awesome. I mean, that's the most fun thing. I would say other cards that I really like that maybe aren't the highest tier competitive, but again, fall somewhere on this like circle of weaknesses is the Phalanx deck. That deck is really, really cool and um, kind of... It like auto wins anything that doesn't do a certain... You know, it has like that certain threshold. Yeah. Right? If they can't ever <laughs> take out the Phalanx Vs then it's almost impossible to win. So I, I've really just been liking that archetype every time I've played against it. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool for sure. It's very reminiscent of like the Simeon archetypes of old, but now with this with additional V to spice it up a little bit. So Yeah, and the damage reduction is ridiculous. Yeah. It's super it's cool. Unbelievable. It's it's very, very cool. I mean it it has its weaknesses and like placement sure. of damage counters and things like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It has a place, you know, and a lot of these things like um, Rillaboom, VMAX has a place in the metagame. I don't know if it's a, you know, very viable place at the moment, but like, it's very cool. Yeah. Um, and I've even been seeing some Welder Mewtwo decks doing pretty well. And so Can't that's get rid of very interesting. So a lot of different ways you can go at this format, I think. Awesome. So Jolly Flying Man in chat asks, do you think Scoop Up Net will eventually get a ban and expanded when tournaments restart? Seems likely. Yeah, I I got to agree. I think that was a card that, as soon as that card was written <laughs> yeah. and presented on to like, you know, the steering committee at Pokemon, they have to be like, okay, this is fine, but if we're not going to write EX on this, like... <laughs> right. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think I think it's like clearly meant for this current format and not for past formats. Right, and, you know, and that's just gonna be what it is. So we get to enjoy our time with it while it lasts. And then I think it probably will be banned. I, I don't know when that'll matter. Probably, you know, maybe not for a while. Who knows? But yeah, probably a card that's gonna get banned. Yeah, and I think. One thing that's interesting that I think ScoopUpNet kind of signifies is Pokemon graduating, I guess, from EXs. So mm-hmm. this is, they're not like inherently going to be included in cards moving forward. So, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't necessarily mean anything for like expanded and rotated or what have you. But it's interesting to see that, you know, now EXs are effectively in the past for Pokemon, um, whereas they were still kind of inherited into the GX era. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. It definitely does feel uh, very fresh with the V's and the V maxes, you know, just, I mean, thinking about the concept where you have a, 
uh, you know, an EX that evolves into an EX or a GX that evolves into a GX. I mean, we didn't really have that before. Now we do in the form of V, you know, two prize Pokemon evolving into three prize Pokemon. That's very, very cool, very fresh. And yeah, yeah. I mean, the EX is, yeah. See you later. See you yeah. later. You had Bye. time. <laughs> now it's time for V's to rise. Yeah. And who knows what they come up with next. So <laughs> true. <laughs> Jolly Flyman also says that he's been trying Baby Trio with Dragonair. Have you tried anything like that yet? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't yet. I mean, Dragonair was an archetype in the past. That yeah, with Darkrai. Yep, with Darkrai that was reasonably good. I, I mean, I don't even remember horrible. it. I thought that deck was so bad. You thought the deck was so bad? I like. Yeah. I remember it being like the kind of deck. It's kind of like Whimsicott from this last format, where it's like people can do well with it and maybe get top eight, but it doesn't ever really go past that. And like people are just playing it to have fun. Yeah, it was fun. So. It was very fun. That was like a that's the kind of deck I like on TCGO, you know, or you yep. you Dragon's Wish and just like whatever happens after that yep. is not in your hands anymore. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we have something here earlier in the chat talking about Will. Uh, yes, there are a lot of cards that are flipping. Super Scoop Up, Pokemon Catcher are the ones that come to mind immediately. And so could Will see some play? I don't think it's out of the question. Again, the Super Scoop Up is so good that it could like on its own, like without the Pokemon catcher kind of justify the inclusion of will again, this two hit meta is, is so is going to be so prevalent that I, I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody come up with a will package you see, with super scoop up in their deck. I guess like I could see it, but to me, I kind of go back to the point you made earlier. And I think this applies even more with super scoop ups where like, you have to draw into the scoop ups and the will ahead of time yes. to like make yes. that even work. Yes. And I just, I don't foresee that being a consistent possibility. And maybe I'm wrong on that. I I would be happy to be wrong about that because I think tech supporters are, have been a little choked out recently. Um, but I just like, it's tough. It's tough. Cause you have to draw the flip card and the will right. and decks that already need to be drawing a lot of cards. Right. So, right. it's, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of Will right now, but if someone manages to make Will work, I would be ecstatic. You know, that's that card is awesome. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it could be, like, Will is a supporter that we didn't really talk about with Eldegoss, right? Because, like, play Eldegoss to recycle the Will. And then you could super scoop up your Eldegoss, guaranteed. That's what I'm saying. It's a broken, unlimited combo. Actually, you only combo. get four of it, but... Uh-huh, uh-huh. That, yeah. I mean, I would definitely have respect for my opponent if they did that. That sounds like a really fun like way to just lose the game. Right, like a good losing or like... <laughs> You're on TCGO and you're just flexing kind of move. Like, <laughs> like, it definitely yeah. has its niche there. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, Riley, are you going to play in the Limitless Qualifier number three? I'm thinking about it, yeah. Um, okay. I, obviously, things have been really busy for me, so yeah. I haven't been able to build up my TCGO because I literally haven't been on this computer okay. <laughs> in two weeks. So, yeah. Um, but I'm excited to really get my hands in this format. I was kind of, yeah. I don't want to say disillusioned, but I was just kind of done with Sword and Shield format. So yeah. um, if I think if there's something that excites me enough to like get me going, I would, I would love to play in a tournament. Right. Well, uh, we should collab. Right. Yeah. And you've been rearing a collab for sure. I have been rearing a collab, bro. <laughs> you want to take advantage of this gigantic, gigantic brain, which I don't blame you. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Very handsome brain as well. Yeah, no kidding. Very wrinkled you brain. You see my no hair kidding. is like starting to get long like yours? I know. The yeah. back? You can really tell, man. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's gonna gonna stay like like you've committed to it. But are you gonna are you gonna drive down to Georgia and get a haircut? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's weird. I don't wanna cut it myself, but Yeah. I, I think it's fine right now. I actually kind of like it right now where it's like not a bun yet, but it's like, it's cool to like slick it back. And yeah, yeah I feel yeah. like a, like a fifties, yeah. like biker. <laughs> yes. yes. I, I, I worry 
Well, I don't know if I worry. I think that's probably where I'll end up. Like I'm trying both sides of the spectrum. You know, I've had short hair in the past and like now we're going just super long. And I, I might just end up with that like slick back. I don't know. It's, it's kind, kind of a musician. It's kind of thing. like a classic yeah. look, you know? I, well, and I noticed like a lot of musicians do that. I yeah. don't know what it is, some kind of style about that, but they just got the slick back hair. It's There's something like professional yet also a little bit dark and mysterious about it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We'll see. Cool. So I think that's about all we got this week for y'all. Hope y'all enjoyed hearing about Rebel Clash and some of our higher level opinions of it. I'm sure that we'll dig deeper into the metagame as it begins to develop more profoundly. And be sure to check us out on social media. We got Tag Team Pokemon on Twitter, Smiles with Riles for me, Flex Daddy Righteous for JW, Real John Walter on Twitter. And we will catch you all next time. Peace. See ya.